one says jump to a friendly number, add 10, then add the rest. When I look at this first jump, it jumps to 36. Is 36 a friendly number? No way. Can it be that one then? Nope. That's the sound of Haley Mears in action inside her multi-grade ILC classroom at East Millsboro Elementary School. Most who know Haley would describe her as a gifted, passionate, and caring teacher who is highly respected by parents, students, and colleagues. In her own words, she strives to create a positive learning environment in which all students feel loved, respected, and willing to take risks to meet their personal goals. On April 29th, Haley added another accolade to her already impressive resume, the honor of being Indian River School District Teacher of the Year for 2021-2022. Haley was chosen for the award from a pool of 15 candidates, one from each district school. The announcement was made at the district's annual Teacher of the Year ceremony, which was held in person this year after being canceled in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Dave Mall, and recently I was pleased to be joined by Haley on Zoom to discuss her career, her philosophies on teaching, and her reaction to winning the coveted Teacher of the Year Award. I'll play this interview right after the break. This is the IRSD Spotlight. here with Haley Mears, the Indian River School District's Teacher of the Year for 2021-2022. Haley, uh, congratulations and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, I have to ask you, um, the night of the, of the ceremony when they announced your name as the winner, you really seemed genuinely overwhelmed <laughs> by it. Um, can you kind of describe your reaction to it uh, you know, when you heard your name called? Yeah, it was absolute shock. Um, it still kind of is. It's it's funny. I I don't know. It just hasn't really sunk in uh, yet. I I was really relaxed. I you know had my stuff still in my lap that you know we had gotten for being the building winners, and I was just you know ready to clap, like making sure my hands were free so that I could <laughs> clap for you know whoever it was going to be. And then when Miss Liaga said my name, I was like, wait, what? And my husband was like. <laughs> I think you have to get up now. Like you have to get up because I just, it, yeah, it was just, it was, a, it was a lot. And then it happens so fast um, that you don't even really have time to like process it. Um, we were actually on the way home. Um, so my husband and my mom was there. Uh, we were on our way home and I was like, I, I know I spoke, but I'm not really sure what I even said. And they're like, yeah, we don't either. We were so excited for you. Like, so I don't know. I, I hope that whatever I said when they gave me the microphone, which they never should have done, um, <laughs> I hope whatever I said made sense because it was just, I had no idea. I'm complete shock. Just super thankful to be part of this district and surrounded by such amazing people. I don't do this by myself. You know, we all just love kids and have great examples to look up to and a great 
staff and, you know, our district is really working with us. And I'm just, I just feel super blessed. And I don't know, I'm going to look back on this and think of a million things I should have said, but thank you. And you all are amazing. And I never imagined that I would be here, but I'm super honored. So thank you. Well, I'll tell you one thing you said that I did want to ask about you. I, I, one, of the, one of the statements that you did say said, you know, I think I'm going to look back on this later and think of all the stuff that I should have said. Is that, has that actually happened since last week? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, you know, what do you say, uh, you know, in, in that moment, um, other than just being completely grateful, you know, this is, you know, Brandon McCabe talked about, this has been a really hard year. Um, in a profession that is never super easy. And I've done a lot of second guessing, third guessing, fourth guessing um, of myself this year, as I know um, a lot of people have. And and I think I did, like, it all kind of started to come back to me. Like, I think I did say, I don't feel like I'm doing anything super special. I don't think I'm doing anything that, you know, not a bunch of other people are doing as well. So just really feeling uh, blessed, but also you know, humble because I'm, I'm certainly not the best teacher in the district by any means. Um, you know, that's not, that's not what this is, is about. And so there's just so many good teachers that it's just, you know, it's, it's overwhelming to kind of, you know, be put, you know, in that, in that group. And so I'm sure that really does make the honor a little more special. Um, yeah, the other thing too that I want to ask you about, you're the second straight teacher of the year, Brandon McCabe last year, and now you, that is a district graduate. You graduated from Indian River High School. Um, does that make it a little more special too? You know, it does. Uh, you feel, you know, it, it's cool to, you know, have gone all the way through and, and then, you know, to get this honor through the district. And I didn't even realize how big of a deal it was. You know, I think it's really cool to think, you know, you are part of this larger group um, of graduates and that, you know, people are proud of you for graduating from here and staying here to continue to give back. So that's kind of, you know, it's kind of cool. I didn't even realize how big of a deal it was. Actually, it's interesting because I want to ask you about your career because you graduated from Indian River High School in 2005, which incidentally is the same year you became a paraprofessional with East Millsboro. I did. And you were a you were a para for uh, four years before you became a teacher. Can you talk about that process? How did all that happen? I, I jumped right in. I knew I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and so, but I knew that I wanted to work in this district specifically. And I knew I wanted to learn as much as I could about our district, you know, from the other end as a professional, not a student. And so I knew I was going to go to Dell Tech. I was going to stay as local as I could in my schooling. Um, to make sure that, you know, all of my observations and things were done um, in the building. And it just worked out that a para position opened up here. Um, and I was kind of in the right place at the right time um, to even know about it, because I mean, how many high school graduates are looking for <laughs> paraprofessional jobs? Um, and so it just, it just happened to work out. And um, I was able to do my classes at night and work here um, during the day. And, and it just, it was amazing. It was great to, to, you know, get hands-on uh, training in a school as I was doing, you know, my classes. So, so you, had, you had a pretty heavy workload for those four years then. Didn't I you? did. I <laughs> did. And I did all of my, all of my classroom observations through college were in this district, except for one. I did go to Seaford uh, Middle School for one practicum, but 
That's only because they told me I had to uh, yeah. <laughs> try other places, but I knew I was only going to come back here. So. <laughs> well, you taught you taught at the middle school level for about five years after you became a teacher, and you've been at East Millsboro ever since. I take it mm-hmm. that was elementary something you wanted to do. Was that your ultimate goal, or did you not know at the time? <laughs> I, I just love to teach. I feel like a lot of people have their preferences. You know, oh, I like little kids. I like big kids. Um and people don't tend to want to jump around. I want to do it all. Um, I I just love kids. I don't have a favorite subject. Um, I don't have a favorite age group. I I just love kids, and I love to teach. Um, I love you know all all of those pieces. And so you know I I think I will definitely be a person that you know continues to evolve and and try new things and and you know new challenges and you know finding different things to do um but I loved the middle school you know things were great there and then an opportunity opened here and you know East Millsboro will always be home and so we'll get I, into that we'll get into that in yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but so yeah I so I came here and I've done a couple you know different things here teaching is my thing I'm not really locked into any specific grade level well, let, let's talk about your connection to East Millsboro because a lot of people might not know that your mother actually teaches there too your mother Audra and yeah. uh, what's that what and not only that but she's also a special education teacher also Mm -hmm. what is that like to work in the same building with your mother and almost kind of in the same department as your mother yeah so my mom when I went to school here I went to um East Millsboro fourth and fifth grade um and my mom was not here yet but then of course when I was a paraprofessional she was here um, and so, you know, we worked together kind of a little bit there, not so much. Um, I didn't really work in her classroom. But then when I did come as a fifth grade teacher a few years ago, um, it definitely is a shift. Um, you know, it's different when your mom isn't just your mom, she's your colleague. But yeah, we actually are team members now. Um, you know, we share kids and we plan together and it actually really works. I can't imagine doing the pandemic teaching without her. It was really tough on ILC in the spring, um, you know, because we did, you know, still have to meet our kids' needs who didn't necessarily have the access and, and, you know, it just, it was a lot. And so it was really nice, you know, to have your mom (laughs) through that. Um, And so, yeah, it is really, it it is definitely different. It probably is harder for her um, than it is for me. But yeah, we get along great. We work together really, really well. So, and we already have that nice established relationship, which is really, really important in special education. I mean, we definitely have to be on the same page. I, I wanted to talk to you too about, because you, you work in a pretty unique classroom situation there. You're, yeah. in, a, you're in a multi-grade ILC. Mm-hmm. Can you just explain what that is exactly and what, uh, what challenges it presents as a teacher? Yeah, it's definitely not. It's definitely um, different. So um, the students in my classroom all have like unique learning ways of learning um, and ways that they can show the things that they know, um, the ways that they um, receive information. Um, so being in the regular classroom all the time doesn't always work for them. Um, it doesn't always tap into, um, you know, their strengths and, and their abilities. And so uh, we have them in a smaller group where they can get more individualized instruction. And it, it's kind of nice because we get the opportunity to, you know, play on what their strengths are. 
um, in, instead of, you know, them feeling overwhelmed um, or, you know, sometimes overlooked within the larger setting because there's needs just can't be met, um, you know, we're able to do that in our classrooms. Well, I want to read a couple things to you. Um, some people had some really nice things to say about you um, <laughs> in, in, uh, in your portfolio. Um, this one is from your principal, Karen Clausen. Uh, Mrs. Mears believes in fostering and developing community and family relationships that enhance the learning and experiences of her students. One of Haley's many strengths is her ability to truly connect and build genuine relationships with her students and families. Dedication to students, a passion for teaching the whole child, and a commitment to excellence are all characteristics that Mrs. Mears embodies. And the next one is actually from one of your students, which I thought this was pretty good. Mrs. Mears is like a shining light. She brings a lot of joy. She brings joy because she cheers people up and helps them. She never gives up and she cares about us. How does that make you feel when you hear Oh my gosh, your heart just explodes. First of all, what a beautiful sentence. Um, <laughs> so, so I was really, really proud of the actual writing. Um, but yeah, the, oh, the compliment is huge. I mean, and I, and I talked about this a lot in my portfolio um, and it just seems to keep coming up. You know, like I understand that I'm a teacher and that my job is to teach and that when people think about teaching in school, like academics is, you know, like first on the list and it's just not first on my list. It is not, it's not what my number one focus is. Um, I, I want my kids to be loved. And more importantly, I want them to be nurtured. Um, you know, the whole idea of like, you can love kids um, and not nurture them. You, know, you can love them and still not, you know, help them grow as a person. And, and that's what I want to do. Like, I want my kids to be able to grow as people. And I, and I feel like that has, that has been recognized, you know, a little bit more. I think people are like heading in that direction that as fast as our world is changing and, you know, there's new things every day. The part that doesn't change is having good relationships with people and, and self-advocacy and standing up for things that you don't think are right. I mean, those things, those things never go out of style. It, you know, you can go into a job and they're going to teach you the things that they want you to know how to do, but they, they can't teach you to be a good person who's, you know, trustworthy and hardworking and those, that's more important to me, that nurturing piece. And so it's kind of cool that like other people notice that too. Like that's what I'm trying to do. And, and that that's coming across. So that, that was kind of cool. <laughs> well, you, you are in your portfolio, you, you're pretty upfront about that. You, and I think specifically you said the, you know, the most important lesson that I teach in my classroom is how to teach my students to be a, or a good person, basically. Mm -hmm. And you're very upfront about that. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to down, like, I don't want people to be like, oh my gosh, she's not teaching the academics. Like we definitely are, but I think it's important um, to really remember that if kids don't feel safe, um, if they don't feel cared for, if we don't work on the emotional regulations, if we, if we can't have them ready to learn in front of us, you know, I can teach till I'm blue in the face, but they're not going to get those skills. Um, and those are the, those are the skills that, you know, make a successful adult. That is what sets you up. And so, 
Like we definitely focus on academics in here, but a large part of our work is that social emotional piece. Well, I saw your teacher of the year video. They, they videoed a lesson that the committee reviewed. And I, I saw that video and I can assure everyone that she was teaching a lot of academic <laughs> content. <I> was. <laughs> in, fact, there, in fact, there's a moment on that video I did want to ask you about because you're, you're working with a student, you're, you're standing at their desk working with them. And as you're standing there, the student grasps the concept that you're trying to teach them. So Sarah has 72 coupon books to sell for Scouts. On Saturday, she sells 49. So what, how much does she start with? Oh, 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 do you see it? Do you see it? I love it. I love that light bulb. Good girl. And I always love what you said. And I want to, I just want to ask you about it because I think as you're, as you said, good job. I love that light bulb. Explain what you meant when you said that to that child. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think we all can think back to a time when, as teachers, when we've looked at a kid and, you know, you can see the look of confusion. You can see, you know, the bit of frustration. And then all of a sudden it just clicks and it's like, oh, okay, there it is. Like that, those are the moments that we just live for um, because a lot of the work that we do you know, is just getting them to understand um, the concept. And then we can take that concept and we, and, you know, we can run with it a little bit, but just getting them to see like, this is, this is what I want you to learn. And to just see like, oh, okay, I got it. Like it just was, it was so exciting. It is so exciting. And oh my gosh, I love, that was my favorite part too. I was just like, <laughs> oh, and it was cool to see it. Um, you know, I was like standing like next to him, but it was really cool to see it on the video um, from, I was like, oh, that's so, it was even better um, believe, from the perspective uh, believe, of the camera. <laughs> I believe Melissa Blyly shot that video and the way yeah. it's framed, she got it. She got that moment just right. And that's <laughs> like, I, I watched that. I was like, that's just tremendous. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awesome. And, and, you know, Sometimes those moments can, can, you know, take a little while and that makes them even more special. Yeah. Um, you know, especially for, for this year, you know, the, the pace has been a little bit slower. Um, the way we're instructing it is different. Um, and so, you know, sometimes, you know, those light bulb moments just take a little bit longer to get to, but when they happen, oh my gosh, they're just like, oh, that's why I'm here. Okay, cool. Let's, let's go. <laughs> I did, I did want to talk to you about the school year because I know it's mm -hmm. been obviously been challenging, but let me ask you a question. When, when I was watching the video, were you also teaching kids on Zoom at the same time yes. as the kids in the classroom? Yes. <laughs> I, I thought so. I, Cause I, yeah. you were, and for those who don't know, she was teaching her kids in the classroom and then running over to the computer <laughs> the camera and the zoom and everything at the same time. Which um, doesn't make for good video. Sorry. But <laughs> it was, it was real life. <laughs> yeah. And could you talk a little bit about though, about this school year though, and the, you know, the challenges that, that you guys have faced. And I think, you know, in watching that video and seeing how you have made the best of it and along with, many, many, many other teachers in our district have done the best they can and made the best of it. What, what has this school year been like just as far as the challenges and the, and the changes that you've had to endure because of COVID? Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I think I speak for, for most teachers when I, when I just say that, you know, in this case, having experience didn't even really, didn't even really help. Um, you know, teachers, you know, like me who have been teaching for a while, still found themselves, I mean, it was like being brand new all over again. 
And, and I do think our, our district was amazing at providing us as many resources as possible, you know, to make the transition to remote teaching, but it just was a lot. And uh, specifically in our classroom, we have a lot of small groups. We have kids on different grade levels and, and different abilities. Some of our kids were here, some of them were at home. And it, it's, it, it was a logistical nightmare <laughs> a lot of the time because so much of what happens in our classroom on you know, a regular day is lots of small groups and, and lots of movement and, and hands-on activities. And you, know, you always, again, we're really into um, you know, emotional regulation. And so sometimes kids need support with that, um, which you know, means you have to have some flexibility in your grouping and your timing. And that is just made extra difficult, you know, by if a child, you know, needs my help emotionally and we're in the middle of Zoom, you know, it's just, it just changes the dynamics a little bit. But my students have been amazing. Um, my team has been amazing. Um, we have, uh, you know, wonderful paras and my mom's been great. And so we just, but it seems like, you know, every few weeks things were changing. Um, and I know that lots of people have, you know, have that. It's not like you're starting with the same group of kids in September. Um, you know, kids will come back and kids will go back on remote. And, and so it's just been a, it's been a lot. Well, I know, I know it's been, I know how difficult that's been, but I have to say in watching that video, you actually made it look seamless. I, I don't know how you <laughs> did it, you. and I know it was a lot more difficult than it looked, so you're really to be commended for that, along with Thank a lot you. of other teachers. Um, yeah. I wanted to talk to you. One of the things that I found interesting is that you do something every morning called a, a, a morning meeting. Yes. Um, talk about, what, what exactly is that? So I can't even take credit for this, quite honestly. This, all of this credit goes to the whole staff at East Millsboro. Um, and then, of course, uh, Karen Clawson. And last year, uh, before the pandemic, we really, as a school, were just uh, searching for a way to better meet the needs of our students, um, you know, to, to do that social emotional education that we've been talking about. Um, and so we got involved with responsive classroom and got some, uh, training on that. And so a big part of responsive classroom is the morning meeting and every morning, um, you know, we come together and this is a great time for my kids to learn how to greet each other. Um, you know, we practice saying each other's names and, and eye contact, specifically this year we've done um, like having conversations so like I ask you a question and you answer it and then I'm like okay <laughs> um, but we want them to be able to you know have those conversations back and forth so could you make a comment could you ask another question do you have a connection um, and so working on you know just that social piece which unfortunately you know do the pandemic, we, you know, we lost some ground there. Um, a lot of, a lot of the kids didn't get to, you know, hang out with friends or see a bunch of family. And so, you know, that has taken, that's taken a toll socially on them. And so we practice a lot of that. And then the kids get a chance to kind of reflect on themselves and see where, where they are emotionally and what their needs are. And then, you know, there's always some kind of lesson. So, you know, we bring in, we talk about bullying or all kinds of things. Yeah. Does it, does it kind of help you get a, a gauge too on how a particular child may be feeling on that particular day? Uh, good day, bad day. Do you, does that allow you to sort of 
get a feel for that? We have a stoplight. It has um, red, yellow, and green on it. And so it's not negative colors. Like, you know, sometimes there, um, different teachers will use like a stoplight for behaviors. Um, it is not that it is all about the emotional feelings. So like how we call it, like your engine, how's your engine running? Um, and if you're feeling you're okay, like you're ready to learn, you know, nothing's really bothering you. You're, you're not caught up on anything. You feel refreshed, like you're on green. Um, but if, you know, you're feeling sluggish, if, you know, something happened at home that you're really worried about, if somebody, you know, made you upset on the bus or, you know, you're feeling sick, you know, they can be on yellow. And then red is um, like an extreme emotion. Um, so it could be like, you know, I'm super wound up and I can't sit in my seat very well, or I'm feeling really super angry and I need your help. Um, and so it's just a way for the kids to kind of really stop and reflect like, okay, how am I feeling this morning? Like, am I ready to roll on in the lesson or do I need, you know, do I need some help or do I need some time? And so of course, if they're on the yellow or red, they have a toolbox of things that they have picked for themselves that they can use to get themselves back to the green. And we use that stoplight all day long. And, and it's, you know, some kids stay on green all day because they're good to go. Um, and other kids just bounce from color to color and, and, you know, that, but that's real life, right? I mean, we go through so many emotions all day long and, and the things that we need. And so we've really built in that flexibility into the classroom to be like, Hey, you've got an emotion, you know, let's handle it. What, what do we need to do? Well, you talk about in your portfolio, one of the things you're very upfront about talking about is the importance of social and emotional learning in schools. Um, yep. Talk a little bit about that and the importance of it in addition to not just academics. I mean, we, like you said specifically, we need to address these issues in schools. Can you talk a little bit about that, that platform? Yeah, so there's, um, there's actually a lot of work going on in our state right now, which is really exciting. DOE is, is coming out with competencies and, and guidelines for like specific things to be taught into the classroom. I, I mentioned earlier, you know, part of our job is to nurture these kids. And, and part of that is giving them the tools that they need to be successful. And, and that's not just academically. Like if, if something is bothering you, you're not going to listen to whatever lesson is being taught. And then if you're behind in your lesson, that causes you to then be up, you know, now you're lost. And so we just need, we need to really just think about, are our kids ready to learn right this moment? And if they're not, what can we do to get them there? What are we doing to make sure that, you know, kids can have important conversations with each other? What are we doing to make sure that if they're not getting the things that they need, that they, they're they advocating for themselves and making sure that that happens? Um, that's, that's what we really need to be doing as teachers. And I think that, you know, at this moment, there's not a lot of guidance for what that should look like, um, but it's coming. And I'm really, I'm really excited about that. Is that especially important this year more than ever? Uh, students' routines have been in upheaval for over a year now. Um, is that type of emotional support especially important now? Oh my gosh, yes. And I feel like all the moms out there are going, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> um, my, my two 
my own children are re- they're really struggling. I mean, it's May and you would think that, you know, we would be in a, in a nice schedule, but we're just not. Um, it's really, really difficult to have a, a, you know, a great structure and, and routine, especially, you know, if your kids had only come two days a week. You know, it just adds a little layer of chaos that, you know, can throw off, you know, kids and they just need, we need that structure. But then if we don't have that structure, what can they, what can we do so that they can still feel successful? We give them the tools to, you know, verbalize how they're feeling and their toolbox so they can get themselves ready and work on those communication skills with their peers that they only get to see, you know, two days a week. And, and so, I mean, yeah, this year more than ever, I think. And I think we've also, you know, noticed that kids are, they're amazing and they're resilient and that these are the lessons that actually count. And we can talk about kids being behind and we can talk about how, you know, we're not academically where we want to be, but at the end of the day, you know, do we have students? Do we have kids that are ready to learn? Do we have kids that, you know, can interact and do the group work and, and participate? Yes, we do. And they're amazing on Zoom, by the way. Like They, they have amazing computer skills yeah. that they certainly didn't have this time last year. So yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, you know, when we talk about kids being behind, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another thing you talk about is uh, you like to make your lessons um, relevant to the real world. And I had to laugh because you put an instance as, you know, of a, a word problem where a, a kid says you have 29 pineapples. Well, it's probably very unlikely that one of your students would ever have 29 pineapples. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I found that kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, it just sometimes you, you and even as a mom, you know, doing homework, like you're trying to help your kid understand, you know, their math. And it's like, why would you ever, like, why is nobody asking why you would buy so much fruit? Like, why would you need so much? Um, and so, you know, and a, and a lot of times, you know, as kids get older, this, you know, tends to happen more often. Kids don't know why we are teaching them, you know, whatever skill it is. And so if a child doesn't see a value in the lesson, then they're less motivated to, to do well. And so my job is to make sure that they know like, hey, this is an important skill. This is something you are going to have to know how to do. Here's why. And, you know, we don't want to just like specialize it like, oh, if you're going to be a teacher, then you're going to have to, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like um, this morning during morning meeting is a perfect example. It's very timely. We had a whole conversation about, you know, the kids are getting tired and, you know, it's, it's getting nice outside. And so it's hard to sit inside on the Zoom. I get it. Um, but like, why is this important? Why do we need to learn how to read? You know, when are instances as adults that you have to read? And so they just came up with some really cool things. Like if you um, are at the drive-through, um, you know, you're going to want to read the menu or if you're out to dinner, um, reading directions um, for, for driving or for cooking. And so just kind of bringing it back to, you know, I'm not just teaching you so you do well on a test. I'm not just teaching you so you meet this goal like this all has value. You need to learn how to do these things. 
And then, you know, it just makes it, it just makes it more relevant. And then, you know, we've done, we do a lot of things um, that you can kind of go outside of the box and kind of, you know, enhance the curriculum a little bit. Another thing I found interesting too, is that you talked about stop comparing yourself to others, uh, students and teachers, you mentioned this, and instead try to be the best possible version of yourself rather than comparing yourself to others. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because you covered that extensively also. Yeah, so as far as um, students go, we do a lot of work in my room of growth mindset, which for anybody who doesn't know, is basically the belief that through hard work um, and lots of practice that you, you know, there's not many skills that you can't um, master. And so that's especially important in my classroom because, you know, my students do learn differently and, you know, it does sometimes take them longer to master skills. And so, you know, there can be a lot of repetition and it can get frustrating. But if you believe that, you know, if I just keep working at this, then I'm going to get it, you know, you're, you're more than likely to, to accomplish that. But if you think like, nope, I'm just not good at math. Like, I'm just not going to be able to do this. Sorry. You know, you're, you know, you're not going to be accomplish your goal because, you know, you have already you know, defeated yourself. And so we do a lot of work with that. And I think that is really important for your know, teachers as well. There's so much social media, so much, like I don't, when I first started, I don't remember there being as much like teachers on social media as far as like sharing things in their classroom, but that really has kind of exploded in the last few years. Um, and it, it has great ideas. Don't get me wrong. And, and, you know, it's really nice to have some inspiration and I'm all about collaboration. Um, you know, teacher working with other teachers, you know, makes you a better version of yourself because, you know, you can take pieces and, and make them your own. Um, but I think, you know, just like all social media, you only see the pieces they want you to see. Um, and it's really easy to be like, oh, you know, my classroom isn't, isn't that beautiful? Or, you know, I, I don't have the money to do that classroom transformation or buy my students those things. Or, um, and it's really, you know, you can get in your head a little bit and you can start thinking that, you know, maybe you're not the best teacher that you could be. And that's just, that's just not true. Like, I just want teachers to know that, you know, it doesn't have to be pretty. It, you know, you have to walk into your classroom knowing that you are doing your best and you are providing them, your kids with all the things that they need. Um, and it might not, you know, look great on Instagram or Facebook, but that's not real life. And real life is in your classroom. And as long as you are putting your heart into this, then you're going to accomplish anything you set out to do. And the last thing I want to ask you about, which I think is also really cool, I think a lot of people don't realize this about you, but you've been, you're also a robotics coach <laughs> and you've, you've coached the Odyssey of the Mind teams, which our, dist our district has been very successful with. And these are, these are the kind of competitions that require you know, teamwork, creativity, problem solving. Do you find coaching kids in these kind of activities to be especially rewarding? How, or how, did you, how does that go for you? It's so rewarding. When I was talking to my husband about this, um, he was like, yes, you find it rewarding, but it's also exhausting. Um, and he's, he's so right. Um, you know, Odyssey of Mind, I actually participated in as a student. And so to be the coach is definitely, it's, it's definitely different. You know, you, 
you get to kind of take your teacher hat off a little bit and because it really is more just a facilitator. Um, you know, I try to create some opportunities for the kids to find their own strengths and, and to, you know, solve problems out of the box. But then when it comes to actually solving, you know, what they'll take to competition, I really don't have any piece of it. And so it is, it is a lot of hours of watching kids work their way um, through problems and just kind of being the cheerleader um, and, and, you know, encouraging. And so it's, it's, not super duper different than what I do in the classroom, but it definitely, it definitely is challenging in its own way. Well, you sort um, of turn them loose, don't you? You kind of guide them and then let them, let them attack the problem. You do, and then you just, you just watch. Um, and so it's really, it's really cool. It's great. And in the end, you're like, yes, like this is so beautiful. But the process is, uh, I mean, I think anyone who's been involved with OM can, you know, can attest to it's, it's a lot. I mean, you, you have to be willing to make mistakes. Um, and as the coach, I have to be willing to watch them make mistakes, um, knowing that, oh, this is not going to work. Like this is not, but, but I mean, that's part of it. That is part of the, you know, oh, that didn't work. Okay. So, you know, what can we do to fix that? How, you know, how can we tackle that in a different way? And so, I mean, yes, it is absolutely exhausting, but in the end, it is, it is such a beautiful thing. Um, it is so cool to see kids come together um, from all over the district who, you know, maybe haven't interacted with each other before um, and just, you know, tackle these problems. And it is, and we have been successful. It, it has been it has been really cool. Um, when we didn't get to compete last year, it was heartbreaking. Uh, we got closed down the Friday before our competition. You know, that that was hard, um, but I'm so excited to jump back into it. I'm really hoping that, you know, we get to compete next year. Well, Haley, thank you for, I know you're a very busy person, so I really do appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And uh, congratulations again on the uh, Teacher of the Year Award. Thank you. I want to thank Haley for taking the time to speak with me about her career and philosophies on teaching. Before we wrap up this episode, I'd like to recognize the 2021-2022 Teacher of the Year winners from each district school. They are Amy Absher, Lord Baltimore Elementary School, Aaron Bullock, Southern Delaware School of the Arts, Karen Cody, Georgetown Middle School, Bethany Flood, North Georgetown Elementary School, Eileen Gartman, Howard T. Ennis School, David Grice, John M. Clayton Elementary School, Christine Hoxton, Philip C. Shaw Elementary School, Sarah Johnston, Georgetown Elementary School, Laura Marsh, Long Neck Elementary School, Shelley McBride, Millsboro Middle School, Matthew McCowan, Selbyville Middle School, Ashley Rowe, IRSD Learning Center, Matthew Selba, Indian River High School, and Alina Wrench, Sussex Central High School. Congratulations to all of these gifted teachers. Visit the IRSD Facebook page to view photos from the Teacher of the Year ceremony and a tribute video honoring the winners from each district school. IRSD Spotlight is produced by the Indian River School District. Episodes can be accessed through Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, Spotify, and several other podcast platforms and mobile apps. Episodes and bonus content can also be accessed by visiting irsd.net and going to the podcast link under the Discover IRSD tab. To search for episodes on Facebook, use the hashtags IRSD Podcast and IRSD Spotlight. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with more great news and information from the Indian River School District.